Hello, everyone. Welcome to the latest episode of the Sales Prospecting School podcast. My name is Ted Stefano, and today we're going to continue our How to Make Telephone Prospecting Calls series. Really, this is just a part two of that discussion, and this is all coming from the book Prospect Factory, which we're doing a read-through. And so the section we're in is kind of, I split a section, which was a little long, and we did, there are 25 calls, or just kind of call categories, in that section where there are examples of calls that show how to make calls and goes through, you know, how to respond to what people say and just, just different ideas and thoughts on, on how to manage the experience of calling. So today I'm going to go through the remaining calls. So we did, we did seven of them already in the other episode. And then this one, we're going to go from eight to 25 and so go a little faster because last, last episode we had to do some building blocks and, and I recommend if you didn't hear that episode, definitely go back and hear and listen to that first uh, and then we'll then come back and, and we'll finish finish that section here so i'm gonna go ahead and read through the section that i have on this i'm starting on page 93 of prospect factory and then when that's done we'll go back and talk about some highlights so here we go okay call eight we already have that okay code for this call number one not interested currently amalgamated freight and forwarding my name is Ted Stefano. I'm with XYZ Widget Company. I was calling to speak with a person who makes decisions about buying widgets at your company. And the person says, we already have that. And then I say, thank you. So in my early years of phoning, I found this response to be somewhat tricky. If I'm calling to speak with a person who handles widgets, my question itself assumes that the prospect already has or buys widgets currently. So it doesn't make much sense for him or her to say, we already have that. A few times I've tried saying, yes, I'm assuming you are a buyer of widgets. That's why I'm calling you. Would it be possible to speak with the person who handles buying widgets at your company? But this only led most prospects to say, we're not, we're not interested. In reality, we're not interested is what the prospect was saying when he or she said, we already have that. Once I even tried saying, yes, exactly, I realize you already have some widgets. That's why I'm calling to speak with the person who would handle buying widgets at your company. You see, it's like I'm calling you to tell you about a special we're having on oil changes for your car, and you're saying, but I already have a car. So yes, I understand you already have some widgets. Would it be possible to speak with the person who handles buying widgets at your company? But this met with no success. Experience has taught me that attempting to work past the, we already have that response, gets me nowhere. Most of the time, the person is really trying to say that he or she is not interested. There is a certain percentage of the population who will express their lack of interest in this manner. So now, when I hear this response, I accept it. I say, thank you, and I let the prospect go. Call nine, we have all that we need. Okay, code for this call, number one, not interested currently. Again, the call happens. They say, they, I dial the phone, they say, amalgamated freight and forwarding. I say, my name is Ted Stefano, I'm with the XYZ Widget Company, and I was calling to speak with the person who makes decisions about buying widgets at your company. We have all that we need. Thank you. This response, like we already have that, can be especially trying if you're in a business that replaces current products or services. I have attempted to say, well, actually, I'm not calling to sell you any more than what you already have. I'm calling to see if there is a possibility of lowering the cost or improving the service on what you're currently doing. Here again, after saying this, most of the time the prospect would follow up by saying, we're really not interested. The temptation to clarify the situation with the hope of creating a greater understanding that leads to the discovery of current interest is generally a lost cause. Today, I forget about attempting any clarification related to replacement of current services versus the selling of additional services. The prospect's lack of interest is overriding or impairing his or her ability to better understand me regardless of what I say. So I accept it and I say thank you and I let the prospect go. Call 10. This is in quotes. The, the owner's brother-in-law is in the business. 
Okay, good for this call. One, not interested currently. <clears throat> so again, all these call examples, my apologies for breaking away from the script and reading here. Just like they start off with a, the, the typical line that the person says, and then I, and then I give them my response. So, so here we, so I begin them with amalgamated freight and forwarding, which is them answering the phone. So amalgamated freight and forwarding, the person says, and I say, my name is Ted Steven. I'm with the XYZ widget company. And I was calling to speak with the person to be in charge of buying widgets at your company. Then the, then the prospect responds, the owner's brother-in-law is in the business, or the business owner's best friend is in the business, or that's handled by an outside firm, or we already have that, or we already have an agent rep broker, to which I say, thank you. Sometimes it is supposed to be important how well you know Jack, right? <laughs> this type of prospect is a questionable one-pager candidate at best. On the phone, however, I just say, thank you, and I let this type of prospect go. On occasion, I've tried saying, I understand that you already have a current vendor, but I'm a friendly competition to your current vendor. And my company offers what we think is some of the best service available in the area. Would you have any interest in hearing a second opinion? To which most prospects often say, no, I wouldn't have any interest in a second opinion. Or worse, the prospect begrudgingly says, okay, well, what do you have to offer? And now I get the opportunity to fight an uphill battle against the prospect's current vendor with whom he or she has already stated they have a good relationship. This is the kind of prospect for whom I can do a lot of work only to have my recommendation implemented by someone else. I'd rather avoid going through that exercise. If the prospect says that he or she already has a good relationship with a current vendor, generally I will believe him or her and let the prospect go. There is, however, one variance to a response of this type. Because the prospect has established he or she is, in fact, a buyer of the kinds of goods or services that I sell, I might want to put the prospect on my plus list, i.e. added with an OK code of one, if this prospect were already on my plus list, I would keep him or her on it and continue sending one-pagers during mail cycles to cover any outside chance I'm passing up an opportunity. Who knows? Maybe the prospect's current vendor will retire or change careers, thus opening an opportunity for me at some point in the future. Call 11. We don't use brokers. Okay code for this call 1. Not interested currently. Amalgamated freight and forwarding. My name is Ted Stevenho. I'm with the XYZ Widget Company, and I was calling to speak with a person who makes decisions about buying widgets at your company. We don't use brokers, to which I respond, thank you. I've heard this response in an environment where certain widget providers won't sell their products without a broker. I have even heard this response from a person who is buying from such a provider. Maybe his or her rep just never calls. In this type of call, I do not engage the prospect in a debate of attempting to change his or her opinion about the virtues of using brokers. Instead, I accept the fact that, above all else, this prospect is not interested currently. So I say, thank you, and I let the prospect go. Call 12. We're satisfied with our current program. OK code for this call, 1. Not interested currently. Amalgamated freight and forwarding. My name is Ted Stevenho. I'm with the XYZ Widget Company, and I was calling to speak with a person who would be in charge of buying widgets at your company. We're happy with our current program. We're satisfied with our current program. We've got that taken care of. To which I respond, thank you. Each of these statements clearly means the prospect is not currently interested. This type of response is the easiest to live with. It is straightforward, honest, and clearly stated. I thank the prospect and I let him or her go. When a salesman ignores such a clear-cut response, expressing a lack of interest and brings on the overcome objections battering ram, that's when the trouble starts. Such tactics poison not only the salesperson's own well, but also the wells of every other salesperson on the planet. When I get a call for a product or service in which I have no interest, I respond like those above, or I say, hey, I appreciate your call, but I'm not interested at this time. I then hang up the phone. When a prospect gives me such a response, it is time to fly. I quickly say, thank you, and I let the prospect go. Call 13. We're with Ajax. 
Okay, code for this call, one, not interested currently. Amalgamated Freight and Forwarding. My name is Ted Stevenell. I'm with the XYZ Widget Company. I was calling to speak with the person who makes decisions about buying widgets at your company. We're with Ajax. We've been with Ajax for 25 years and we're not about to change. Uh, we've used the same widget for over 30 years. We've been with the same broker for 30 years. And then I respond, thank you. All of these responses clearly mean we're not interested. In one version of this response type, the prospect injects a dose of patronization into the response. By patronizing, the prospect intends not only to state disinterest, but also to take a passive-aggressive jab at the salesperson. It is hard to write or read patronization. You almost need to hear it. And it's funny, I'll have a hard time even saying this. Uh, we're with Ajax. <laughs> Close as I can get to it. What the prospect is saying is, you dim-witted salesman, we're with Ajax. Don't you know that anyone with Ajax must be thrilled with it? Only a fool wouldn't know this. Jeez, you just don't get it. Here, the prospect feels the only way to adequately express his or her lack of interest is to include a swipe at the salesperson. Some prospects figure that a salesperson will only understand no if there's a dose of pain included with the response. Another version of this response goes like this. We're not interested. We're with the XYZ Association plan. It's nonprofit and no one can beat our prices. Plus, we just chopped out our widget class last week and our sales rep is my aunt Edna. Okay, these are tongue-in-cheek, but go, we gotta go with it. In this case, the prospect doesn't think the salesperson will be satisfied to turn away after hearing only one negative response. So the prospect gives the salesperson a list of negative responses, ensuring the clear communication that he or she has no current interest at this time. When this happens, I wait patiently while the prospect goes through his or her list, and then I politely say, thank you, and I let the prospect go. Call 14, you're wasting your time. Possible OK codes for this call, one, not interested currently, or seven, disqualified prospect. Amalgamated freight and forwarding. My name is Ted Stevenel. I'm with the XYZ Widget Company, and I was calling to speak with a person who makes decisions about buying widgets at your company. You're wasting your time. This is a rare yet recurring response. When I hear it, I say, thank you, and I let the prospect go. Call 15, we don't have that. Possible OK codes for this call, one, not interested currently, or seven, disqualified prospect. Amalgamated Freight and Forwarding. My name is Ted Steven Owen with the XYZ Widget Company, and I was calling to speak with a person who makes decisions about buying widgets at your company. We don't have that, or we don't get those here. Do you have any interest in looking into widgets in the future? And the answer, the answer no. <laughs> and then I say, thank you. If I ask the question, do you have any intention of looking into widgets in the future, or near future, then I'm on the right track. If I hear a no, I say, thank you, and I let the prospect go. Call 16, we don't need it. Possible okay codes for this call, one, not interested currently, seven, disqualified prospect. Amalgamated freight and forwarding. My name is Ted Stevenel, I'm with the XYZ Widget Company, and I was calling to speak with the person who makes decisions about buying widgets at your company. The response then, at our company, two plus two equals three, so we don't need it. We're a Transylvania corporation, so we don't need it. We only have two left-handed employees, so we don't need it. To which I respond, thank you. Obviously, all these statements express a lack of interest. What's notable here is that sometimes a prospect will express lack of interest with support information based on an entirely incorrect predetermined set of assumptions, i.e. at our company 2 plus 2 equals 3, so we don't need it. The temptation is to help the prospect see the error in his or her assumptions to create or uncover current interest. Unfortunately, most of the times I've tried to help a prospect reevaluate such assumptions, it has only led to a dead end. So to this type of prospect, I quickly say, thank you, and I let him or her go. Call 17, our home office is on the planet Mercury. Appropriate okay code for this call, seven, disqualified prospect. 
Amalgamated Freight and Forwarding. My name is Ted Stevenow. I'm with XYZ Widget Company, and I was calling to speak with the person who makes decisions about buying widgets at your company. Our home office is on the planet Mercury, where we were just bought out by a company from Bangladesh. Thank you. The point on this call is that the decision to buy is not made in the office you are calling. Call Bangladesh, call the planet Mercury, or take this prospect off your list. If the decision-making office is located outside of the physical parameters of your market, then this listing is not a prospect. So to such prospects, I say thank you, and I let the prospect go. Call 18. We just reviewed that. Possible OK codes for this call, 1, not interested currently, or 2, send one pager by mail. Amalgamated Freight and Forwarding. My name is Ted Stevenow. I'm with the XYZ Widget Company. I was calling to speak with the person who makes decisions about buying widgets at your company. Oh, we just reviewed that. We just bid that out, and no one could beat our prices. We've already got two sales representatives looking at that, and we really wouldn't be interested in having any more look into it. To which I respond, thank you. Sometimes timing is important. It may be especially difficult to let go of a prospect who says, we've already got two sales representatives looking at that, and we wouldn't really be interested in having any more look into it. This prospect is considering buying something now. The prospect is close to being a finished lead, but I am just missing him or her. At this stage, such a prospect would be very hard to win over with words. Today, I think of this kind of prospect as a long-shot candidate for a one-pager. Though I may send this prospect a one-pager by mail later in the day, for now I'll say, thank you, and let the prospect go. Call 19. The person who handles that is dead. Possible OK codes for this call, 1, not interested currently, 7, disqualified prospect. Amalgamated freight and forwarding. My name is Ted Stevenow, I'm with the XYZ Widget Company, and I was calling to speak with a person who makes decisions about buying widgets at your company. The person who handles that is dead. Thank you. This response is extremely rare, but I have heard it several times. My intuition tells me that sometimes it is just a rude attempt on the part of the prospect to say something untrue that is both shocking and negative. Once a prospect even said, the person who handles that is dead. We're all dead here. The person you are talking to is a zombie. However, if you make enough calls, you can never be sure. The more calls you make, the greater the probability of encountering a prospect who has recently had someone pass away. So when I hear this response, I play it safe. And I say, thank you, and I let the prospect go. In a business-to-business -business situation, if the prospect's personal name is on my list, I will delete it and try to pick up a new name in the next call cycle. Call 20. Did I call you? Possible OK codes for this call, 1, not interested currently, 7, disqualified prospect. Amalgamated freight and forwarding. My name is Ted Stevenow. I'm with the XYZ Widget Company. I was calling to speak with the person who makes decisions about buying widgets at your company. Did I call you? Uh, no, sir. I'm calling you. This is a cold sales call. I'm not interested. Thank you. Here, as usual, honesty is the best policy. Did I call you is often an invitation to a fight, but I'm not playing. I am as interested as the prospect is in concretely establishing, one, whether or not my call is in fact a sales call, and two, whether or not there is current interest. Once I clearly cement the fact that this is a sales call, most prospects of this response type will say, I'm not interested, to which I say, thank you, and I let the prospect go. Call 21. I don't handle that, but I can tell you we wouldn't be interested. Possible OK codes for this call, one, not interested currently, two, send one pager by mail. Amalgamated Freight and Forwarding. My name is Ted Stevenow. I'm with the XYZ Widget Company, and I was calling to speak with the person who makes decisions about buying widgets at your company. I don't handle that, but I can tell you we wouldn't be interested. Thank you. Long ago, it was considered a big aggravation to have a non-decision maker respond to a sales call in this manner. When I was new to sales, I might have asked, how can you tell me there's no current interest when you do not handle the subject I'm calling about? However, experience has taught me there is little to be gained in fighting this response. 
Sometimes I may ask for permission to send a one-pager if I think the prospect is qualified, or I may decide to send the prospect a one-pager through the mail independently. But usually I just say, thank you, and I let the prospect go. Call 22. That's none of your business. Possible okay codes for this call 1, not interested currently, and 7, disqualified prospect. Amalgamated freight and forwarding. My name is Ted Stevenho. I'm with the XYZ Widget Company, and I was calling to speak with a person who makes decisions about buying widgets at your company. That's none of your business. Thank you. This response is yet another invitation to a fight, but as before, I do not play. Once I remember saying something like, actually, it is my business. I'm in the widget business. So again, would it be possible to speak with the person who handles the purchasing of widgets at your company? But I'm sure you can imagine how far that got me. So today, to such a prospect, I say, thank you, and I let the prospect go. Call 23. We can't give out any names on the phone. Possible OK codes for this call, one, not interested currently, and two, send one pager by mail. Amalgamated freight and forwarding. My name is Ted Stevenho. I'm with the XYZ Widget Company. I'm calling to speak with a person who makes decisions about buying widgets at your company. We can't give out any names on the phone. Thank you. Time after time, this response comes up at this stage in a call, even though I haven't asked for a name. I've merely asked if I could speak with the person in charge. I've tried saying, I'm sorry, I should clarify. I'm not actually asking you for a name. Instead, I'm asking whether I would be permitted to speak with the person who's in charge of buying widgets at your company. Would it be possible to speak with that person? But what do you think happens next? <laughs> right again. Another version of this response is, we don't give out that information. And the response is, I see, but I haven't actually asked you for any information. I've merely asked if I might speak with the person who handles purchasing of widgets at your company. Would it be possible to speak with the person who handles widget purchases at your business? Sometimes I'm asked for permission to send a one-pager to this type of prospect if I think the prospect is a buyer of my types of products or services. If I do get permission to send one, it will be to company name or purchasing or to management, etc. Usually though, when I hear a prospect give this kind of response, I just say, thank you, and I let the prospect go. Call 24, why? Okay code for this call, one, not interested currently. Amalgamated freight and forwarding. My name is Ted Stevenho. I'm with the XYZ Widget Company and I'm calling to speak with a person who makes decisions about buying widgets at your company. And the prospect responds, why? And then I respond, because I'm a salesman and this is a sales call. Would it be possible to speak with a person who handles buying widgets at your company? And then repeated by the prospect, why? Why is this a sales call or why am I calling to speak with a person who handles buying widgets at your company? Then the prospect responds in this example, we're not interested. Thank you, I say. If you make enough calls, you may hear this response a few times. Asking why in this manner is considered by some to be a clever way to give a salesman a hard time. It is only effective on a salesperson who has difficulty admitting or who has not been trained to admit that he or she is making a sales call. And from a legal standpoint, this type of salesperson shouldn't even exist anymore. But since admitting I'm making a sales call has always been something I've been in a big hurry to do, the negative aspects of this response do not have impact. Some of the prospects who ask this why question tend to ask it over and over again, even after the question why has been already been clearly answered. This is done because the prospect is not getting the expected result, which is to fluster the salesperson. Eventually, when the prospect sees it's not working, he or she usually will admit there is no interest. I'm yet waiting for a why prospect to turn out to be interested, but in 30 years, it hasn't happened. Today, I clearly answer the why question no more than twice on a given call, and then I say, thank you, and I let the prospect go. Call 25. Are you going to send us a check? OK code for this call, one, not interested currently. Amalgamated freight and forwarding. My name is Ted Stevenho, and I'm with the XYZ Widget Company, and I was calling to speak with the person who makes decisions about buying widgets at your company. Are you going to send us a check? 
No, this is sales call. I was calling to speak with the person who handles purchasing widgets at your company. Then the prospect responds, we're not interested. And to which I say, thank you. This response asks for a more concrete clarification that my call is in fact a sales call. Once I provide this clarification, then the call can move forward. This prospect is not interested at this time. So I say, thank you, and I let the prospect go. Okay, that's it. And my apologies for reading through those quickly, but they're a little, they're a little strange in context as they're read. They're really more of something than text to study. So we'll go back to the beginning where the calls, where we started the calls today. And I should make clear that the reason I'm giving these kind of bizarre responses is that even though some of them are bizarre and sort of unique and sort of, you know, like, oh, am I really going to ever hear that? The, the point is that they elicit uh, one thing that is, is when you make a lot of calls, you're going to hear the same responses over and over again. And you're going to have the opportunity to respond differently. Uh, most people, in the, if you've been in an altercation or some kind of a conversation in life, you've probably had a time where you've said, oh, I sh somebody said something to you and you thought to yourself later, I should have said this to him. In the case of phone calls like this, one unique element is that when you think that, like, oh, I should have said that to this person. And if you do as many calls, certainly as I've done, I mean, I have, most people probably aren't going to do that. But let's say they made, you know, you make 10,000 calls or 100,000 calls in your course of your career. Uh, you're going to see things recur and you're probably going to see, as I have seen moments where when you think I should have said that and you get, you're going to get an opportunity to actually say that in response. And so what I want to show is that, is that in many cases, uh, where you could, you could come up with a way to clarify interest or clarify the conversation, but most of those attempts end up not being very fruitful. And what's really happening is just hammering hammering home this idea of translating English into English all these different kinds of responses or so many of them are really just ways of people that, trying to say that they're not interested at this time and so when someone says something that doesn't make any sense where they they say well at our company we do this and this so we don't use your service and you think to yourself wait a minute you did you totally do that's completely wrong <laughs> you know like that doesn't that doesn't make sense at all overcoming that objection I just my What's worked for me is to just go, okay, that's just that person's quick attempt on the spot to give it, to put up a block, right? To say they're not interested, but say it in a different way than just saying that they're not interested. And so what's happened is I've just learned over time to listen to any, just kind of like have a, uh, like a Geiger counter, right? Or like some sort of a meter, like a compass type meter thing that just detects when it's not interested, a person saying they're not interested. And so then I'm just translating English into English and I'm going, okay, yeah, you're not interested at this time. And then, so I'm just saying, thank you. And the other thing that I really wanted to, to show that it's difficult in this context because you just don't get the feel of it necessarily. Um, especially the, the, the example where the person puts the patronization in it, where they say, um, well, it could, you can, people can interject patronization into anything, but I mean, because you know, the owner's brother-in-law is in the business, <laughs> the owner's brother-in-law is in the business. Like I'm supposed to know that, you know what I mean? Like, and so instead of feeling hurt by it or feeling impacted by the, the, the kind of swipe sort of nature of it, the point is to go, I don't care. I don't care what they're trying to do. I'm, I'm even taking a couple steps back from the venomous element of it and just saying, that just means I'm not interested. It doesn't mean anything about me. It doesn't mean anything about who I am. It doesn't mean anything about whether I'm a good person or a bad person or I'm going to succeed or I'm going to fail or my products are any good or there's a future in this business or all the above. That's just a person in their own way, sometimes, you know, let's be honest, in kind of a weak way, right? It's like a scared, intimidated way, and that's okay. Sometimes people feel that way, and so let's be kind to them. 
And so when they say these things in this way, even though it comes on strong, just to just go, okay, thank you very much. And then just move on to the next one. So, so this, is, this is really an exercise in learning how to defend yourself or protect yourself. Learning how to, it's like just you're, you're putting on the, the armor and you're heading into battle here. And if you do it just so, and if you really understand what these things mean, especially to the, to the degree that they're important, it's that the meaning is important to you. So the meaning isn't, I'm a bad person. The meaning isn't, I'm going to fail. The meaning isn't, my products are no good. The meaning isn't, everyone is not interested. And the meaning isn't, isn't that there are no prospects in the world. The meaning is, they're just not interested at this time. And if you keep calling, you'll eventually find someone who actually is interested at this time. I mean, literally, again, today, I, I made 100 calls before doing the podcast. This, I did 100 calls this morning before doing the podcast today. And somebody said to me, we've been using the same, I can't remember if it's a broker or the same company for over 50 years. Okay, well, it's, it's 2021. That would be that since, the, since 1970. If I take that literally, since, that'd be since 1971. And it's just like, I mean, maybe, <laughs> maybe. But, I mean, it's just really unlikely. And so did I engage that person and try to say, really, who are you with? Like, how'd you do that? That's amazing. I didn't, I didn't treat it as some special situation. I just translated that response of we've been with the same company for over 50 years to say, okay, thank you very much. And here's the thing. In that particular case, they're, on, they're a plus list listing. I know the name of the contact. I know their address. I got all that confirmed. And so, hey, I'm going to send them direct mail on, a, on, a, on, the, on my cycles. Because who knows? Who knows if the employee who works on this changes? Who knows if that at that age of business that the business owner retires or hires someone else to do to do the work to maybe select a new vendor? I mean, there's so many things that can happen that could change that circumstance. And but the the main piece of information that they've told me is that they are in fact a buyer of widgets. They are a prospect, even though they may not be a prospect or you know they may not be buying anything in a year or two or whatever in, in short order. But then again, maybe they are. I've literally had people tell me that they're just oh we're already all set and got something together and and then, and then with the one pager open up the door and have them actually come back to me and, and within within weeks of telling me that there's no possible way on the planet that they would be interested in looking at other things. So again, you have English into English responses, right? Where you're translating English into English. You have responses where you have the opportunity to or at least there's a head fake. There's this feeling like well if I could I could greater with greater clarification I might be able to get you know, I might get signal out of the noise. And I, in these types of responses, these ones I'm giving here, my general kind of heads up in advance is, eh, not really. It's really not going to, I mean, maybe it'll work for you, but I just, my experience after many, many calls has been, it's just so much easier to just call until I find someone who's interested instead of try to just reorchestrate the response or, you know, overcome an objection or clarify in such a way that it ends up somehow creating a positive result. I just, that just hasn't been a thing. Another one that was really important in the group of calls that we gave earlier was, was the one response from call 18 that says, we just reviewed that. So, so another element, our very common no response is not that I don't want your product. It's not that I don't want to work with you. It's that I just bought yesterday, right? So people reject timing. So if I just bought recently or I feel like I just renewed or I just, you know what I mean? I've just made this decision and I don't want to make it again. If you just did your taxes and sent them in, right? Are you ready for a new CPA? It's like, well, you know, you feel like, no, I've covered this base. I got other things I'm working on. Catch up with me, catch up with me later. So timing is an issue. And, and it's okay when someone says, we just reviewed that or we've already got that. Well, we already, we've already got that. It's actually a different kind of response. But in, in the case of we just reviewed it, timing is an issue. And one thing I do with timing is if I feel I'm close or like in one of the examples where it said, oh, we've already got two brokers looking at that or we're in the middle of looking at this, I'm really happy to send a one pager just because it's like, hey, 
if they really want to do something or if they change their mind, at least they have a physical copy of this you know, request form and information about us that they can they can reach out if they want to. So timing is an issue. Timing is timing is a form of not interested, but it is uh, has unique elements to it. And, and, and further, somebody says they just made this decision. If you're in a cyclical business or a business that has a timing like a release renewal or a contract renewal or or they use up the French fries, or you, you can fill in the blank. So, so there's a consumptive element or a cyclic element, element to it. The fact that they say we just looked at that again proves the fact, or at least it suggests highly, <laughs> that they are a buyer of what you sell. And so it might not be a terrible prospect to take an, a little bit of effort to cultivate. So I usually will put someone who says we just reviewed that. I'll, I'll keep them on my plus list if they're already on it, or I may add them to the plus list if they weren't on it because they've just proven to me that they are a buyer of what, what I sell. Now, some of the other examples I gave, I may just not like the one about the person who handles this is dead, okay? I mean, literally, I've made enough calls that there are gonna be people who've passed away. I mean, that really happens, of course. Uh, but I've also had people use that as a very negative thing to say, like they're just trying to take a swipe. And so again, it's like, what meaning do I attach to this response? And my, my answer is, I just step back. And because I don't know whether or not, well, I can tell in some cases where the guy says, oh, the person that is dead, we're all, we're all dead here. The person you're talking to is a zombie. That guy obviously was just being difficult, but it doesn't matter. So it's like, okay, that just means you're not interested. So I can just go check in my mind and I go, okay, thank you very much. And I hang up. I, sometimes I can't imagine what some of these clever anti-telemarketer responses when they put someone like that encounters me where I just, I just am unfazed because... It's just my perspective. It's just the way I look at it. It's the, the way I frame it. I don't attach meaning to it that's going to be hurtful to me because I know it's just a person who's just not interested and they're just goofing off or whatever. They're trying to say something mean and like it doesn't it doesn't hurt you know, it doesn't hurt me at all. I I I, I just don't. It, it's not it's not something I'm looking for or care about. I mean, what I'm looking for is does this person do this or not? And I'm doing it in the context of a sprint. So I'm on that treadmill. I say walking on the treadmill, but let's let's conceive of it a little differently in this context. I'm just trying to get through my 100 calls. You know what I mean? I'm chugging along. So I'm not going to stop and make a special moment out of somebody's making some negative thing. I just, I literally go, thank you very much. And I move on to the next call and I'm dialing the next number. And the thing is, I'll be two or three calls down the road from the person who did that before sometimes maybe think, oh yeah, guy said that or she said, somebody said something like that to me. Like I'm moving so fast. I don't spend a lot of time thinking about the responses that people give once I've designated them as a, a, the, the okay code, frankly, which I've given them one, two or three, four, whatever the number I'm going to put on them. I give them their number and then, man, I'm gone. I don't store that information. I don't sit and think about it. I mean, here I've, I'm giving you the memory of it. But the point is to make it such a process that it's just not, it's not some of these negative things aren't even things you really pick up on, right? You're not, you're not, you're not uh, engaging them in a personal way. You're just moving through this process of categorizing people. So I want to throw some of these things out there where people have some clever ideas about how to like kind of be hurtful to a salesperson. And it's not necessarily maybe that they're trying to hurt you. It's like maybe they just don't like telemarketing. They're trying to like end telemarketing in the world by being a jerk. Um, but you just got to let it go. If they're super negative, which I said in the early, the other show <clears throat> is what where I call a prospect hostile. I'll put them on my do.call list, even though they don't ask me to. Because it's like, hey, if this person's a jerk to everybody, what am I going to do business with them? I don't, I don't need these people. You know what I mean? I'm just like you. They what they what they don't realize is they're 
they're hurting themselves, right? Because there are good quality people who are just trying to reach out and do business. And they're good, eth good, you know, good ethical people that would really help. And maybe sometimes have a lot of expertise, you know, maybe more so than their current representative or improve their current paradigm. But because they're being this, they're for some reason, feeling the need to put off this really negative vibe when people call them, well, then they're not going to get help, right? I mean, it's just like, I'm sorry for them. Like, it's almost like you could turn it around and say you could almost feel sorry for the people who do that. I mean, that's a bit of a push, but it's a thing where it's like, what are they really doing? What are they accomplishing? You know what I mean? They're just hurting people and they're also hurting themselves because sometimes there may be people that are calling are actually legit who are not scam artists or whatever, who they're just, they're, they're getting rid of everyone, the good and the bad. And maybe that's not the best way to proceed if you had other options. So, so an, another call that I want to I want to point out because this was a call that when I was originally in sales, there was all this stuff about how to get by gatekeepers and th this response it was call twenty one that says I don't handle that, but I can tell you we wouldn't be interested. There, you, I just many people will identify with the fact that like wait a minute, you're telling me no and you don't even know you're you're not even the person. You shouldn't be like that. It shouldn't be that way. I should be able to talk to the person themselves. Who's going to tell me no, not someone who doesn't, who, especially when they admit, well, I don't handle that, but I can tell you we wouldn't be interested. It's like, okay, okay. I mean, if you think about that too deeply, you can go, that's not right. And you can find yourself trying to engage these people and argue with them about their ability to say no to you, uh, maybe in an unjustified way, maybe, maybe, maybe not. But my guidance on this is just to say, hey, I know it doesn't make any sense, but who cares? They're still saying I'm not interested. So, uh, you know, I do leave open the opportunity in a case like that where I think it's a good prospect and I, you know, I really want to still try to reach the decision maker, I might send a one pager, right, independently. Uh, but for the call itself, I just say, oh, that sounds great. I just say thank you and I, and I move on. I don't, I'm not going to engage that person on the, the, the paradox of you don't handle that, but you're telling me what's going on, you know, um, or you're making a decision even though you're not the decision maker. Maybe that's a better way to say it. So, but my, my greater point is that this is going to come up. And so when you know it's going to happen and you know these are out there, you just, instead of reacting to them or being tempted to react to them, you just say, okay, thanks very much. And just move on, move on to the next one. Um, the last couple ones that I, I should mention too is, is this, we can't give out any names or we don't give out that information. It's like, okay, well, I mean, I really haven't asked for that for any information. I've just asked for whether or not I could speak to someone. Now that, that might say, seem like, well, that's a, that's a kind of a finer point. Um, but nonetheless, it's a thing um, because the response doesn't match the question, right? So if, could I speak with the person who heals that? We don't give any names on the phone. Like, well, that didn't, I didn't ask you for anyone. I just asked, would it be okay to speak with this person? I, I get what, what I want to highlight here is inco incongruous responses for the most part are yet again, just versions of a person attempting doing their best they can at the time to say they're not interested and so i mean it just in general if you if you have the ability to set a default switch of i respect and believe what people say um and i'm not here to fight with people oh the joy right you don't have to fight with people anymore they can say whatever they want to say two plus two equals three like okay well i appreciate that thank you very much and just go and move on to the next one because we're trying to get through 100 and we're trying to qualify them as best we can and just realizing that these sort of I mean, if the words aberration is right, I'm, I'm not sure. It's just that there's going to be these responses that are that could be confusing, but yet they're not confusing when you when you put the 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 kind of the the acid test, which says, "Is this person sound like they're interested or not?" And if the answer is no, <laughs> no, they don't sound interested. And you go, ah, then we got it. We got the answer. So you say, and then you say, "Thank you," and you just move on to the next one. So. That's a big protection. Um, accepting people where they are, you know, which, which is really a form of respecting what they say. 
listening to them, believing them, even if they, you know, I believe you, if you say two plus two equals three, I believe the fact that you're trying to tell me you're not interested. I'm not, I'm not over-focusing on the detail of the response necessarily in that case, right? And by doing this, you, you pick up on the signals of, 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 of non-interest, and then you're able to just categorize them, accept them, and move on. And that leads to less pain as a salesperson. Um, if I engage people in these situations, man, then there's arguments and fights and all these difficult things. You can see where that comes from. I use a military analogy of the, the fighter pilots who they fly over a target and they deliver ordinance on the target and then they, 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 they ingress and they egress. And egress isn't as common a word as, as people, you know, people just aren't familiar with that idea. But where I use it here is I get over the target and go, hey, you guys into this? Like anybody, anybody there? Can I speak to the person who handles this? And if I get no, then I'm like, and then I'm immediately concerned with getting out of here. So I don't linger over the target. Now, if I stay over a target that's hostile or not interested or impatient or fill in the blank in a negative way, then what happens? Well, then there's more opportunity than for them to shoot at me. There's more opportunity for argument. There's more opportunity for negativity. So I don't, I don't do that. <laughs> so I just listen and I say, if this person's saying they're not interested, then I'm going to go, okay, I appreciate that. And then, and then I let them go. Now, the last thing I want to say about this, this section on calling, because I already went long today, is there's a story, okay? <laughs> you got to hang to the end of these podcasts because that's when I finally get a chance to like relax and say, all right, now I went through all this material and let's sum up, right? Um, but there's a story where, and everyone can identify with this, you need a pair of socks. So you go to whatever department store, and you're kind of familiar, but maybe, maybe not, you know, and just, you don't really know where the socks are necessarily. So you're walking, I think people change these stores all the time. So you walk in and you go, I'm looking for socks and you really don't know where they are. And then, then there's a salesperson or a worker at the store who says, hi, can I help you? And, and your first response is, I don't want to be sold. Or I don't want to be, you know, I mean, I'm, I don't want any, I don't want any pressure. So you say, no, no, I'm good. I'm okay. Even though you don't know where the freaking socks are. And all you had to say to the person was, hey, you know, I, can you tell me where the socks are? And the person would probably tell you most of these retail stores they don't work on commission or they don't have any pressure they don't have any incentive to pressure anyway but in, in the old days they used to but it's today it's more that everybody's just an hourly employee in the new economy and and so it, there are times when a person gives an automatic negative right just to establish a boundary or accept them you know to, to protect themselves when in fact they really do have a question and that's a that's a tough space it, it's especially on the phone to work with or to, to work out for you to be patient and and say okay well but hey i understand that you're you don't want to be sold i mean you, you don't really have much opportunity to explain especially in the quick interaction of the phone now there are some technique techniques that can be used to to elicit the like an underlying cause but now here in that in my example that person came to the you went to the store i went to the store looking for the socks whereas in a whereas in a cold call like this the person's just getting called so it's 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 a it's at a layer that's kind of it's it's at a it's at a more distant layer from interest, just just in nature because I'm in, I'm instituting I'm 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 initiating the call, and then this person's responding kind of really off the cuff right they didn't think that oh this guy's gonna be calling soon so I'm gonna figure out what I'm gonna say to him they're giving me an, a spontaneous response to a call that happened sort of out of the blue, and so what I want to highlight is yes in fact there are circumstances where people might actually want something or be interested who initially express a negative. Now, if I say I'm a zero resistant salesperson 
and I'm walking away from that person the minute they say that first negative, then a lot, someone could argue, well, you're missing opportunities because they're just that people are just giving you that kind of knee jerk reaction to protect themselves, but you're bolting the scene. So you'll never have a chance to connect with that person. And, it, and there's from a certain standpoint, a legitimacy to that argument. However, it's a very, it's, I think in terms of percentage, it's a very small number. Uh, and, and this is due to the nature that, that I'm calling. So that, that in the, the analogous story of going to the store and looking for socks is different because I'm actually at the store looking for socks. And remember, this is a cold call where I'm calling people out of the blue. So, so my answer to this potential where a person gives that initial no uh, is is the solution is the one pager so if I think they seem like a good prospect or I think they you know are saying no to me in a way that that's just like a cursory manner or somehow I'm missing an opportunity I fill in the gaps with the one pagers and if and if I upgrade a prospect and they're on my plus list even though they say they're not interested at this time or I get an initial response let you, you can deconstruct well what what value was there in that call well first of all they answer their phone okay so they're still in business Right. I mean, you think that's not a big deal, but it is a big deal when you're dealing with thousands of people on a list that where people are coming and going. In many cases, there's some confirmation in the neg in the in that knee jerk. I say knee jerk. I need a better way of saying it. That initial right. That that uh, spontaneous negative response that they're giving where like I'm giving when I'm saying I don't need any help when I don't know where the socks are. Um, in many of these in these interactions, there's a confirmation of the fact that they are still a buyer or they are a buyer of my goods and services. So the one pager. In, in and maybe in an imperfect way, but it, it comes. It's it's sort of a backflow. It's a it's an ability to go back and cover some of the bases that have been that are left uncovered through the zero resistance. And by committing to a mail cycle along with a call cycle, because I'm coming at people from a couple different angles at the same time, I'm able to sort of smooth that over. So uh, it is important to mention that my calls don't exist in the vacuum of just being calls only. I'm also using the mail. And the mail's helping fill in some of the gaps that might be left open by a zero res zero resistance uh, approach. So, so that is way I'm way over for the day. Um, well, hey, again, thank you very much for listening, everyone. Again, I'm going to encourage and invite everybody to go to Amazon.com, pick up a copy of Prospect Factory, so you can read along, and we'll keep going through the book in the in the, in the coming shows. Um, if you have any questions, comments, discussion items, you're welcome to reach out to me at Ted at TedStevenot.com for email. And then lastly, if you find the show is helpful or useful, I, I please encourage and invite you to uh, give the show a rating uh, on, on, your, on your podcast app. So thank you again, everyone, for listening. And until next time, take care. Bye-bye.